this time on Holy Ghost Notes. Dude, that was juicy. I'm not real interested in starting a podcast. I get it. Reading between the lines. Blew a piece of equipment up, and here we are. Hello and welcome to Holy Ghost Notes. My name is Mac Reiner, and I have my co-host Tim Anderson on with me. I am currently on tour in the back lounge <laughs> off the tour home bus. Home sweet home. <laughs> yeah. We're back where we started. Yeah. Um, if, if it's your first time or you're new to Holy Ghost Notes, this is actually where it all started. Not on this exact mm-hmm. bus. But, Tim, you called me a long time ago now, and you were like, hey... We used to talk more. We don't talk at all now. I miss, uh, you know, I miss our conversations about God and drumming. I feel like I haven't had those kinds of conversations recently, and um, I miss them. I, th- I feel like we should, you know, not only talk more, but we should record it and start a podcast. Yeah. And I was mm-hmm. like, I don't know. I don't think so. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not real interested in starting a podcast. <laughs> and uh, here we are, how many years later? <laughs> yeah, over two years a while. now. That's wild. <laughs> yeah. So I was pretty apprehensive really about it. Good to if be you doing had said this. no, I would have just dropped it, and I never would have started a podcast. <laughs> if you're like, ah, yeah, eh, I don't know. Not not now. I'd probably been like, all right. Yeah. And uh, went on with yeah. life. <laughs> Yeah, well, wild, I, wild I think, think some of it, some of it was, I, I just didn't really feel like I was in a place where I, I had anything to contribute to a conversation. You know, I just, I felt like I was, um, looking for, I, I felt like I needed help. Mm. So how was I going to help anybody else? And how was I going to have a conversation that could help mobilize someone that was stuck? You know, um, yeah. I was going through a tough time and, and actually it's, it's interesting when you look at the Bible and you look at what God does to people, what God, uh, you know, decides to use in people and what kind of people God decides to use. It's interesting how many of them feel Mm ill-equipped and actually are ill-equipped. Yeah. Um, That's the thing, right? (laughs) It's, it's that, it's that, um, it's the line says something like God doesn't, um, call the qualified he qualifies the called and i i i feel like that was me in the beginning of this podcast and it's it's really a um profound thing to be sitting in the back lounge of a bus again and be recording a podcast with you after being off tour for 18 months because this is really where it all started and yeah what god's done in my life in the past year alone um is amazing. I'm just really, really grateful, and I can I, I can see how God has you know has orchestrated things in my life, um, and also That's through awesome. the podcast. So, thanks for calling me and inviting me to do this all of those many months ago. <laughs> <laughs> of course, my pleasure. It is really funny yeah. that you know you brought that up. Just how, uh, I mean, I felt I felt the same way. You know, and I was struggling. I had the desire to do a podcast just because, you know, I guess it was like the thing to do is the trend, you know, and and I finally figured out what to talk about. When I figured out what I could actually talk about, you know, you came to mind first, obviously, for who to have those conversations with. And mm-hmm. and then, you know, um, but I was feeling the same way. I was like, I don't know, like, I'm not going to be able to contribute more than like, the drumio podcast already does to drums and like mm-hmm. sure like i don't know what i'm doing when it comes to faith like i was questioning things and you know but that's it, it's funny how like when you're not uh equipped like you said you know it's it's <laughs> we actually left yeah so i you know for those of you listening i i was able to to attend the philly show uh abr's first show back on tour and Mm-hmm. Matt and I met up briefly from a distance after the show, and and what I walked away with from that experience wasn't so much the hype of the the show or, um, you know, the thrill of of seeing an old friend who I've talked to but haven't necessarily spent any physical time with in years. Right. <laughs> you know, I walked away with actually just <laughs> a little tidbit of a conversation that we had and and it was essentially just like you know, Matt, you were you were talking to me about how it was it was going to be interesting going into this tour because 
every other tour before, it's been so important for you to have that uh, interaction with people, you know, be able yeah. to go up and, and talk to them and, and shake their hands, give them a hug, uh, pray with them. And, and uh, you were just saying, like, you believed that good things were still going to come from this tour despite all the hmm. COVID protocols. And, yeah. and so we started talking about just how, like, you know, what it means to be a witness. And I even put a post out about this, I think, on our social media. But what it means to be a witness is just it's, it's to be there to see the thing happen. Hmm. Right? And then, and then you talk about it. But, like, we don't have to have the resources to be a witness. We just have to mm-hmm. be there to see it happen. Um, and I think yeah. that, uh, that rings pretty true with this podcast as well. Like we had the, you know, we didn't necessarily have what we needed to say or we didn't have it figured out. We just had to, to watch it happen. You know, we, we had the conversations mm-hmm. and kind of flush things out that way, <laughs> which was mm-hmm. really kind of unique and, and interesting, I think. And I think why we have such a loyal following is is because, you know, all of you listening um, can relate to the conversations we're having because we're not coming at it as professionals or as scholars. We're, we're coming at it from a place of, I want to know about this. And I'm trying to figure it out. You Dude, know, I, have a, like, I have a great, yeah. I, um, I have a great quote to contribute to this, this point you're making. It's from uh, Rich Mullins, mm. um, who, wrote, who wrote Awesome God. And um, someone posted this recently. I, I love this. Um, to your point, I feel like a spectator on this tour to mm. what God is able to do, even in a weird time like this. I have a lot of stories I could tell you, but I, I like the way that Rich Mullins puts this. He says, it's so funny being a Christian musician. It always scares me when people think so highly of Christian music, contemporary Christian music especially, because I kind of go, I know a lot of us, and we don't know jack about anything. <laughs> not that I don't want not that I don't want you to buy our records and come to our concerts, I sure do. But you should come for entertainment. It um if you really want spiritual nourishment, then you should go to a church. You should read the scriptures. And of course, yeah. I I'll take what I I'll take what applies to my experience on this tour, which is like we really don't know jack. And I think that you can run with that and say God's using us um, as as musicians in a metal band, you know, mm-hmm. to do what he intends to do in people's lives. And it's right. it's not because we are equipped to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, certainly you could go to a pastor or or a or a therapist or a connect group or somewhere and and find the kind of spiritual help and nourishment that you need. But God has a way of arranging people in other people's lives to help them right in a way that only they can and it's it's only because of god that that's happening so there was a guy that came out two days ago to our show in uh well it doesn't matter um he came out and he had tears in his eyes he said i just lost my dad and um he said your christmas music really helped me he he said i know it sounds kind of silly but like one of your christmas songs just really helped me through that time and um i felt the holy spirit uh, nudging me to just go up to him afterwards and of course respect the COVID protocol we have in place which is like we need to be really careful how close we get to anybody because we're trying to do a seven week tour and stay healthy uh, and to your point that's kind of what we've been talking about for the for the first five minutes here is like these are weird times and it would seem as if it defeats any um, inclination that God can be doing something between us and the fans coming out because of that space, but there's there's still opportunity. I went up to him right. and I said, "Can I pray for you?" And he said, "Yes." And uh, I prayed for him and and um, you know for his dad's legacy. And you know he was he was he was tearing up the whole time. And afterwards, I said, "You know what? It's going to be all right. Hang in there. Um, you know anything we can do, you know through this show, this is for your dad." Um, mm. And I walked away from it just knowing, you know, if I wasn't in a band on tour, you know, able to do this, uh, maybe 
maybe this this guy would be in a place where he would feel like he doesn't really have anywhere to go, anyone to talk to, anyone to trust, anyone to relate to. And those opportunities happen, I would say on this tour, they've been happening daily, Tim. It's been like a somewhat mm, wow. common, you know, common occurrence. So Yeah. That's wild. Yeah, yeah, there's something to be said. You know, a lot of people just discount music as something that isn't spiritual, you know? And I think we, we often, yeah. like, like as Rich Mullins kind of put it, like, put an emphasis on, like, contemporary Christian music or just Christian music in general as if being a Christian musician is any different than being just a musician. (laughs) You know, it is entertainment, (laughs) but it is also a tool. And and I will say that, like, I've had some really uh, spiritual experiences that were brought on by music and very easily discounted just because it's like, well, that song, you know, just moved you. It's just the song. But the Mm -hmm. thing is, like, Music is still a, a creation, you know. God still created music, and He uses it as a tool. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. He, you know, heaven's described as a as a massive worship service, <laughs> right? Like, yeah. you know, it, like so. If you think about it that way, it's like music is is really a tool. It doesn't it doesn't matter. Um, you know, sometimes it doesn't matter what's being said. I I remember like one of the most spiritual experiences that I can recall is I was I was at a um, I was at a retreat. And I was sitting, and we listened. Uh, the uh, youth leader put on um, this song that I absolutely hate, uh, and I'm sorry for all of you <laughs> listening that probably love this song. But it's a song by Mercy Me called "I Can Only Imagine." I loathe. <laughs> you hate that I song. I loathe this song. I don't know if it's just because I've really? heard it so many times. Like it was just always on. Every single church that I was at played this song relentlessly it was on it's the radio it's very popular it's a very popular song i did not like this song the youth leader decided to put this song on and for whatever reason this time with this song on the whole room was brought to tears we were all just sitting there mm-hmm. listening to this song and he just like implored us to listen to the lyrics and you know um try to understand what the song was saying and and uh for whatever reason this time uh i mean if I've ever seen the Holy Spirit move, it was it was in this moment. Yeah. There was a room full of right. like uh, middle school kids, <laughs> and we were all bawling our eyes out. Um, and it was a stupid song that I hated. So, you know, it's not uh, it's not always just touching music that it's the music that did this to you that made you feel this way. I think that God can move through music, um, and it's a pretty powerful thing. And, and that's probably why I love music so much. I think is yeah. because it's a it's a powerful tool, um, mm-hmm. you know. We've talked about it before, just even with movie scores and stuff. If you watch the movie without the soundtrack, uh, there wouldn't be a whole lot to it. <laughs> the music adds so much. Yeah, that'd be a know? different experience. S- yeah. Speaking of, have you seen the movie Tenet? T E. No, it's on the N-E-T. top of my list. Christopher Nolan, right? Okay. Yeah. I saw, yes, I saw that in the theaters, and it was so loud. <laughs> it was so loud, I thought something was wrong with the sound. The soundtrack was incredible, but it was so loud, right out like right out of the gate, yeah. it just blew your eardrums out. It was so loud, the dialogue was hard to hear. Oh, wow. Well, then I was talking to a good friend of mine from home, and he's like, dude, he's like, have you seen the movie 10? I said, yeah, that movie's so loud. He goes, yeah, it's incredible. The soundtrack's amazing. I was like, so it was loud for you too. He said, yeah, it was, it was very loud. And I think that they might have intentionally mixed it loud to, uh, so that it created that kind of experience mm. for everybody. Yeah. I can't decide if I loved it or hated it. Like <laughs> the music was cool. I just wish yeah. it was quieter. Now I sound like, now I sound like my parents talking about my band. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the music is cool, but why do they have to scream? Yeah. <laughs> but it was it it was interesting. If you have the chance, check out that that movie and let me know what you yeah, think. Yeah, I will. It's... I will. That's funny. Yeah. So we've got a we've got a good one for you guys today. Um, I'm just going to do a brief intro and then I'll, I'll let Matt take it. But um, our topics today. Uh, kind of follow the same pattern, and um, I guess the overlying theme is the why. Um, you know, we talk a lot about uh, finding your why as a drummer, 
So that's going to be uh, the basis of our drum topic today. We're going to deep dive that a little bit. And then our faith topic similarly is also finding the why, uh, understanding why we do things and why it's important to, uh, to know the reason behind why we do things and why that can be a slippery slope to just being a religious act and why that's a problem. So, yeah, mm-hmm. I'm going to hand it over to Matt because um, he's got a lot of juicy uh, material to share. <laughs> yeah, that's the goal, right? That's the goal. Um, well, I, I want to start off by saying um, this was an episode that took some work to get off the ground. Mm-hmm. So I left for tour, didn't have the right tools, blew a piece of equipment up, and here we are. <laughs> yeah. So if, if you um, if you've... If you've been in a situation before where you're frustrated, you've been in a situation before where you feel like giving up, you've been in a situation before where you're wondering, is it worth it? Does it really matter? Uh, This episode's for you. Because the reason that we give everything we do to the things in our lives um, is, is because that person or that thing um, matter to us. And we believe that there's purpose and value in it. And I believe the reason behind that is because God put in our hearts a desire to live a life that glorifies him and loves other people. And for me, drumming might be the best way to do that. I think that God's given me the gift of drumming um, not, not so that I can just hit drums hard and play real fast. Um, I love drumming for those reasons, but I think that, you know, after playing for 20 years, you figure out a couple things about, about what you're doing. And, um, it certainly is nothing that I could have manufactured on my own. Mm. I believe God's given me this for a reason. And that reason is not just a gift to me, though it is that. It's a it's a gift to other people and it's a gift to God. Mm-hmm. It's a way that I can give back to God. It's a way that I can hopefully put a smile on people's faces with the help of my band, all of them performing um, and, you know, playing their instruments. Um, so I just wanted to preface this entire episode by just saying if you're in a tough place, if you feel like you're stuck, if you feel like you're immobilized, if you feel like you're directionless, um, this episode's for you because once you figure out your why, um, you can establish a direction. You can establish motion in your life. Mm-hmm. And you start to figure out that things matter. The little things matter. The things that people don't see matter. The sacrifices matter. Um, the good and the bad days matter. Your relationships matter. Your hobbies matter. That's right. Uh, and, and when you can... can um, attach value to those things in your life and those people in your life, then your life starts to take on a different form. There's more joy and there's a, a more honed pace to your life instead of just rushing around trying to get everything done or instead of just, you know, wallowing back and, and sitting, you know, in despair. Both, both places are somewhat natural for any of us to be at any point in our lives. But um, for the majority of our life, you know, we can find a peace, like the Bible says, that passes all understanding. And so we're going to talk about that as it pertains to drumming. But then, of course, at, you know, as is the case with Holy Ghost Notes, we go on and we talk about God, too. Mm-hmm. Drums and God. Drums and God. That's what we do here. Yeah. <laughs> so um, and if, so as far as drumming, yeah. If you had any reason to to give up this podcast, at least for the for the remainder of the tour you had <laughs> a bunch of pretty good reasons this I had time a reason <laughs> <laughs> yeah like blowing it was up an interface and uh <laughs> blowing up an interface and trying to figure out how this plugs into that yep. plugs into this yep. and Tim can we make a phone call and record video on our phones <laughs> at the same time like no I guess not oh my word yeah. I guess not <laughs> so the drum topic uh today is is really the why underneath of everything Mm -hmm. Uh, when you sit down to play what is your motivation for doing so so um, when I started playing I really looked up to the drummer for Newsboys and all I remember is that I went to a show and I I looked up and I I saw him 
big smile on his face. I think his name's Duncan. And I saw him playing just a real basic 4-4 rock groove. I, of course, didn't know what it was. I didn't know anything about drumming. But you know how when you see someone doing something and you, you can't understand what it is, but you know that if you spend time doing it, you can figure it out? That's mm-hmm. the feeling I got when I watched him play. So I remember I have that memory just like cataloged and I was playing piano at the time. I quit piano, asked my parents if I could get a drum set. They said no. <laughs> I said, why? And they said, because you've been into BMX, motocross, skateboarding. You've been into things and then you just sort of leave it in the grass and we have to move it when we mow kind of thing. I'm like, well, it's a valid point. I'll just get a snare drum. They said, you play a snare for a year and you learn to play Wipeout you can get a drum set if you stick with it. So I did. Hmm. A year later, I bought a drum set for $850, Pearl Export, Tim. Yeah. Pearl Export with um, a chrome wrap on it, chrome, hmm. you know, chrome finish, yeah. big toms. I had to, like, bank them like Lars Ulrich <laughs> so I could play them. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and um, I played every chance I got. I didn't have a double bass pedal yet. I wanted one badly. I'm like, if I can get a double bass pedal, I'll be good at drums. Like, that's all I need. (laughs) Do all those pop punk beats you've been trying to do. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I can't do it with one foot. I'm not that good. So, um, I'm still not that good. I still need two pedals. (laughs) Still need two. So, so anyway, I got, um, I really looked up to this band called Zayo. I fell in love with heavy music after seeing a couple of heavy bands at Creation Festival. And um, I followed this band called Zeo, and I, I met, my dad drove me out to meet him in York. His name's Jesse Smith. I bought his Mapex. Double bass pedal came with it. Tama Iron Cobras. And um, started, started ABR. I started ABR. And so um, all through my 20s, I was touring. And... The only thing that really had my attention consistently over that decade was drumming. It was it was so um, close to me and surrounding me, and all. Uh, it's just it's it's the only thing that when I when I sat down to play, I felt like it was giving me more than anything else could. I don't know, it, like if you're listening to this and you're thinking, oh, okay, what in my life is like drums for Matt? Maybe it is drums, but. You can be doing your job for eight hours, come home and still feel unfulfilled. Hmm. Like you didn't really do anything that day. And mm-hmm. you sit down or you stand up or whatever it is, you do this other thing for 10 minutes and you feel like you can go to sleep knowing you put in a good day because of that 10 minute activity, right? That's the way drumming is. So I remember working a landscaping job through the summers, coming home, practicing at night. The landscaping job was fun, but I felt like it was taking me away from that thing that I really was designed to do and needed to do and wanted to do, which was drumming. And as soon as I got to my drum set and could play, I was like, yes, this is it. This is what I was made to do. Like, this is where I'm supposed to be. Mm. And it's it's almost like that story we talk about a lot uh, called Leaf by Niggle by J.R. Tolkien, where he was in the middle of writing this massive narrative and he had to take a break because he became overwhelmed at the thought of not being able to get it all out. Like, what if I die? Or what if I get sick and I can't get this whole story out? And so he writes about this 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 person who has to do all these other things in his his life when the really the the thing he wants to do is paint. Um, so he has to take care of his his elderly neighbor who's sick, you know, and he he has to go about his day working, and he just feels like there's all these things that are getting in the way of of him and the thing that he wants to do when I read that, I'm like, that is me and drumming. Like there's all these things that I know, uh, consi- that, uh, life consists of, but there's this one thing that I just really want to do. And I feel like all these other things are getting in the way of that. And, um, fortunately I'm very blessed. God gave me the opportunity to do this as a career. Hmm. So I've been, I've been, I've been playing drums and, and touring, um, for a long time now. And, uh, drumming still has that place in my heart to this day. Um, but my perspective of it has changed in that it's not just a gift for me to have. It's a gift that 
God's given me to be a good steward of so that I can give it away. And the why behind my drumming is what can I do with this that um, can benefit other people? What can I do with this that can benefit me? And what can I do with this that can glorify God? Hmm. And once you, you establish those those you know elements and whatever it is in your life that God's giving you, you're able to dis to detach yourself from it being your identity, um, and it more so being a gift that you can hold with your hands wide open. Like right now, I'm holding my hands open, and it's sort of this act of surrendering it and saying, you know what, God's given me this. I'm happy to steward it. Feel blessed to have it. Grateful to give it away. And if it goes away tonight or tomorrow or next week or next year, it's not going to devastate me. It's not going to ruin me. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's been very, very freeing for me to, because, you know, obviously if something is your identity other than God, um, according to the Bible and the Christian way of thinking, then that thing will be in a casket one day and you'll be looking at your God saying, what am I going to do now? Tim okay. Keller talks about this. Like, what if your spouse is your God? Or what if you are your spouse's God? At one point, you know, one person, one thing in your life that is your God is going to be dead, and you're not going to have a chance to, you're good. You're not going to have a chance to, um, you know, to have it anymore. It's not going to give you life right. anymore. That's right. Um, so I want to speak to those of you who, feel discouraged in your drumming, who feel lost in your drumming, um, who feel unmotivated in your drumming, and say, open up your peripheral vision a little bit wider than just what you're doing on your drum set, and just think about the fact that you play this instrument for fun, and it's not only for you to enjoy, it's for others to enjoy, whether you're posting videos on Instagram or YouTube or playing in a live setting. And it's also, if you're a Christian um, and you believe that God's given you this gift, it's something that you can give back to him to glorify him because in the end, it's something he gave you. Hmm. I love that. Dude, that was juicy. Was it? I, I, it might have been <laughs> like juicy. a medium well done, you know, Delmonico. <laughs> well, I like medium well I like medium well. It's okay. Actually, so do I. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, I the I'll start by saying that, it, like like Matt said, the the reason that this is important is because, um, you know, it ultimately if if you're putting if if you're putting all of your stock into one thing, uh, and you lose it, then you lose it all, right? And, and it's like, um, and that, and that's why, you know, we've set our sights on something eternal, you know, um, a relationship with Christ is such a solid foundation. It's, it's, it's talked about in the Bible as a cornerstone for that reason, because if you're, if you build, if you build your house on that foundation, on that cornerstone, um, then no matter what happens, that foundation is not going anywhere. It's solid. It's mm-hmm. strong. And um, so on the drumming standpoint, for me, I, I feel like, you know, I, I was thinking back, trying to figure out, like, when I, I figured out what my why is or was. Mm-hmm. Um, and I felt I feel like I've actually gone through seasons of trying to chase that why. <laughs> because when I, you know, as long as I can remember, I have loved music. I've loved drums. Yeah. It's, it's never been a question, like, I've always known what I wanted to do with my life. I've always known what my passion was. In fact, so much so to the point where when I was having conversations with people, I would ask them, like, so, like, what's your thing? And mm-hmm. they'd be like, what? Like, I don't know. Like, what are you going to do? Like, what, you know, what, what, what do you love doing? Like, what's your favorite thing to do? Like, what, what can't you live without? You know, that was my question because I knew without a doubt it was drumming and it was music. Yeah. I, it was never a question in my mind. And so even yeah. like when I'd have conversations with, with my wife, she wasn't my wife at the time, but I would ask her like, what are you passionate about? Like, what's your thing? She wouldn't yeah. be able to answer that question. <laughs> She's like, I don't yep. know. I could do this or maybe do that. I'll, I might go <laughs> to school for this. I don't know. Um, and I'm like, what? Like, I, I couldn't comprehend 
how someone could not know without right. a doubt what their thing was. Um, and so it's always been hard for me to like break away from just knowing that this is my thing. Like, mm-hmm. but that's not, that's not a why. So for me, like it, like I was chasing the why when I was younger, I played drums and I wanted to be in a band. I wanted to play drums in a band. Couldn't find a singer. And mm-hmm. so I was like, all right, well, I guess I'll be the singer. I can't find someone to sing the songs that I'm writing, so I'll sing. And then I dropped drums for a while. And then that band broke up, and it was like, okay, well, um, I guess I'll play drums again. I love playing drums, and I just played drums for, my, for myself, really. Um, mm-hmm. And then I played drums, and the, and the goal was I just want to play drums until I can – you know, be on tour in a successful band, and being in a, being on tour in a su- successful band as a drummer was the why. Then that didn't mm-hmm. happen, right? Um, and now I'm at a place where I'm realizing my why has <laughs> shifted from I just want to be in a band to I want to be in a, a touring band that's successful. I want to make this a career. To um, you know what? I just love playing drums, and I want to do it whenever I can. Right. And and. And I'm realizing more and more, you know, and it, it's, I say drumming and what I'm actually saying is just music. I think, I think the why for me is actually what I said earlier in this episode, that, that music is so special. There's nothing mm-hmm. like it. It, the way that it speaks to me, um, the way that it speaks to other people, um, the way that it moves emotion, um, there's just nothing like it. It is so special. And the fact that I have um, any grasp on the broadness of music hmm. makes me that that's my why <laughs> mm-hmm. i have a i have a grip on that um that piece of of uh the cape of music <laughs> holding mm-hmm. on to that and i i have it so i'm just going to keep holding on that's my why because every time <laughs> every time i feel upset i turn to music yeah. every time i am excited i turn to music uh there's nothing that um, that draws me quite – like whenever I go to a church, the first thing, it's like I'm listening to the music. <laughs> yep. You know, I'm analyzing know. the music. Um, mm-hmm. That is just – it's just is. It's like the fabric of my being. I don't know how else to describe it. So finding my why has um, has been difficult, but I think ultimately it's just – it's so much a part of me. I love it so much um, that any chance – I get to play music, um, to play drums. I just want to take it because it's fulfilling. We've said it many times before, but it makes you know it makes me a better person. I'm my best yeah. me when right. I have music there. So that's my why. I want to be a better mm-hmm. me. Um, and it's not always drums. Like I found recently that you know it's sometimes it's hard to get on the kit during the day, and I'll go a couple days without playing at all. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'll find an opportunity to pick up the guitar and write a song mm. or or cover a song or just play music for a little bit. And so I've been trying to do that more and more, and I've noticed that that kind of hits the same, not exactly, but it hits, you know, the same vein there. Um, mm-hmm. So so my why is just, you know, it makes me a better me. I feel like I'm fulfilling um, who I was created to be. Um and it's it's not as simple as just being successful or going on tour or being in a band or mm-hmm. it, it's literally just if I get to experience music for myself, it is awesome, and I'm better. So that's my why. Mm-hmm. I think I think that brings up an interesting point about how we are better people to be around when we have something that gives us um, independence and gives mm-hmm. us life. And gives us joy, yeah. like that. Mm-hmm. Th- that point you made, you, you kind of just made it, but you've you've definitely made it before. I think it was in the last episode that, or two episodes ago, that you can be, you're a great person to be around if you have access to your drums or to music. But <laughs> yeah. if if it's been a couple days or a couple weeks, God forbid, you mm-hmm. know, you have to spend a whole lot of time <laughs> with <laughs> you. And I'm I'm kind of the same way, and and it, and it makes sense because it's it's like your lifebloods. It's something yeah. that. You enjoy doing, and and when there are things getting in the way of you and that thing, um, other things start to. It's it's not that they're a threat, but you start to value, you start to devalue other things in your life. Mm-hmm. So a good example of that on this tour is that I bought a, 
I bought a scooter, Tim. Yes. Uh, I bought a $300 GoTrax scooter. This episode brought to you by GoTrax. Pick up an electric scooter or electric bike. Um, <laughs> they are actually they are actually linking up with me. They're going to be sending me another scooter. It goes 45 nice. miles on a battery. My current wow. one, just guess how many miles my current one goes for. Uh, 20, 30? Nine. Nine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so hopefully they're hooking you up with something. <laughs> nine and nine. Inglorious bastards. Nine. It, it it goes for nine miles, and I have to be kind of concerned about where I am because am I going to make it back? Plus, yeah. if you enter in hills, that's mm. going down to like five. Mm. Um, yeah, yeah. So anyway, I got the scooter. I told the guys, this is going to make me a better person to tour with. I need to get out. I need to... In all seriousness, I need to have my independence realized outside of this bubble and touring party. So just the simple fact of me leaving the parking lot of the venue and scooting around, what I'll do is I'll like I'll Google or I'll Google search for things to see in for example, Raleigh, which I haven't actually done today. Um, but maybe it's um, you know, a botanical garden. Mm-hmm. Or maybe it's cool building or something and i'll actually just scooter my way there come back and it does a lot for you and so to your point about you know if if it if it's been a couple days since you've played or you've been around music it kind of takes away from who you are and who can and and who you can be to other people i think Mm -hmm. that uh, that's something we can all learn from if you feel like you're just not yourself your relationships are fractured and you're just like, man, I, I just, I'm not nice like I used to be. I'm not, I'm not the same kind of person that I was before. What happened? Maybe try to evaluate what, what, what aspects of your life uh, have changed. What haven't mm-hmm. you done in a while? Whether it's journaling, you know, or going to church or riding your bike or working out, you know, there are a lot of different things that we tend to compromise on and I would argue what we're giving them up for um, is a lot of times you know garbage whether it's swiping on Instagram or just you know mindless TV or whatever it is it's mm-hmm. like that stuff's just not going to edify you the same way right. that something else is yeah like, for example for not us not that it's not and, needed at times yeah you, sometimes yeah. you need to veg out and, and let your mind relax but as long as you're not losing sight of the things that are that are most important and to your point which I mean, my wife at this point can can recognize she's like maybe you should go uh, play <laughs> drums for a little bit no nah, babe i don't have time i i uh i just i can't today she's like no you should probably go play drums you for need a to bit. Okay. Right. i get it well <laughs> reading between i the saw lines. <laughs> your your cover of uh reliant k and i know i commented on it but tim you have a really good voice oh thank you I mean, Thanks, it's man. it's it's very Matt Thiessen. Yeah. Your voice, your voice does well to cover Matt Thiessen. Which, by the way, I looked him I up after. I wanted to be him so, for a while. <laughs> I think you and a lot of people. I I looked yeah. him up after I saw that because I'm like, I wonder what happened to Matt Thiessen. I used to be friends with some of those guys, Matt Hoops. Yeah, um, good guy. And um, I couldn't find Matt Thiessen. Like I couldn't He's find a, him on Instagram. Yeah. Are they still a band? So I've. They are not technically. Uh, I think okay. they still put out music occasionally. It's just the Matts, Matt Hoops and, and Matt Thiessen, um, okay. officially at least. Um, but, uh, yeah, um, he's he's very reclusive. He's very uh, He doesn't really put out much about his personal life. Um, and mm. um, I've always actually respected that. Um, I've only, I've only talked to him a handful of times, always had really good conversations. He's always been really, uh, polite. Um, but he was definitely the guy like at all the festivals we played at, you know, I would spend time hanging out with Ethan Luck, uh, who was their drummer for a little bit. I'd spend time with Matt Hoops. Uh, you know, they'd be out and about, they'd hang out in the green room. They would interact with people. Matt Thiessen was always the guy on the bus. He wanted his alone time. He was definitely yeah. not an extrovert, <laughs> you yeah. know. Um, great mm. on stage, you know. Uh, like I said, polite when you talk to him. Um, but, uh, yeah. yeah, his his writing was just 
it's really oh shaped gosh. me as a writer, I think, uh, more than anything else. I, I, For a long time, you know, I, I always wanted to cover his music, so all my bands have covered his music. I've always played stuff um, of theirs live. Um, and when I was younger, I wanted to, you know, he was he got me into pop punk, him and, you know, Blink-182, and, you know, so, like, I wanted to sound like yeah. him. Um, yeah. And so that had a lot to do with, with why I sing the way I do. But, um, yeah, I don't he know is where a I was great, going with that. But, he's yeah. a great songwriter. I mean, just listening to that song that you covered, you could just, it took he's me so back yeah. to that record. I'm like, man, this guy is so good with melodies and harmonies. I haven't mm-hmm. listened to this record in a while. I'm gonna have to throw that on today on my scooter ride. Yeah, I don't have I don't have Spotify Premium anymore, but I think I could just load up Spotify and search for like Candle, just play a whole bunch of random stuff, which yeah. might be cool. Because I yeah. I really only listen to what's the record? Mm-hmm. I yeah. think that That's was the one that one. I listened to the most. Mm-hmm. Yep. What's another record before that? Uh, before that one, uh, well, there's there's a few before it. Two um, lefts don't make a right, but three do. Yeah, that one's directly before it. Uh, the one after that is actually really good. Five score seven years ago. Oh, um, that's the one I know. I feel like he really came into his own as a writer from. Mm-hmm, well, actually, from two lefts, I think he really started writing some really just phenomenal music. But then, mm-hmm, was like from, yeah. you know start to finish. It's probably my all-time favorite album. Yeah. But then. Just from then on, like, um, he got less pop punk, you know? Um, right. But more um, introspective and articulate as a writer, which was really cool yeah. to see happen. Um, mm-hmm. So you, there's a lot to appreciate. <laughs> I feel like I'm saying mm-hmm a lot. <laughs> yeah, same. Whenever. <laughs> I think that's Whenever I think we're that talking was, like, about on purpose. <laughs> they, I'm agreeing with you. The album because mm-hmm. they know people are going to, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Teeson. If you're listening and to hoops. this, go throw and on Ethan the Luck. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah we'll right. have Ethan on at some point. We talked to him about coming on the show, so we'll that would be make cool. That happen one of these days. Yeah, he and I have had some really good conversations, actually similar to what we talk about on this podcast quite often. So hmm. we'll have to have him on. That's cool. Good stuff, man. That was um, yeah. That was a good conversation, and uh, I hope it benefited you as a listener. And um, we'll yeah. move on to the God topic now, and this they're sort of seamless topics, so that's that's uh, yeah. Let's see, yeah, see, I see think where it goes. To to just add to the drum topic, I guess in um, in moving into our faith topic, if if you're not a drummer, I know a lot of you that listen aren't drummers. I think this topic still applies. You know, fi- finding your why, finding your thing. And knowing mm-hmm. why it's your thing is is important um, because it can make you a better person. Um, yeah. So anyway, moving into our faith topic, um, I'm going to try my best not to word vomit. I've had I've had a lot of stuff on my mind and uh, a number of life changes and um, just a lot a lot going on. Um, that's all kind of related to this topic. So I'm going to do my best not to word vomit. Um, some of this is going to be some like regurgitated content. Um, but I think that's just because we're starting to narrow down on what we actually think is important to talk about. <laughs> so, yeah. um, so I'm going to start by telling a story that I'm fairly positive I've told before, but, um, it's either been uh, a long time. And, and so those of you who know this story, It'll be nice to hear it again, and uh, for those of you just joining us recently, uh, it'll be a brand new story for you. But um, I love this picture, um, and and it's so it starts with basically there's um, uh, a couple, uh, they're getting ready for Thanksgiving dinner. Uh, the wife chops off the the top of the turkey, puts it in the in the oven. Uh, the husband asks, why did you do that? And she said, well, you know, that's how my mom did it. I don't know. <laughs> Continues on with the, with the meal. Later that day, they ask uh, her mom, you know, why, do you, why did you chop the head off the turkey? She's like, oh, I don't know. That's what my mom always did. Um, and so later on, they ask the grandma, why, why did you chop the head or the top of the turkey off every time you put it in the oven? And she said, oh, uh, the pan wasn't big enough to fit the whole thing. 
<laughs> so generation after generation, they've adapted this way of doing something because the way of doing it had to be altered yeah. <laughs> for what they had available to them, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and this is such a beautiful picture of the issue with religion. There's a lot of things that we do, um, and this was like really agitating to me as a kid when you know asking why was just what I did naturally. Why do we do this? Why is it this way? Um, I can't tell you how many times I've asked why, and, and the answer was, well, I don't know. <laughs> like, that's a good hmm. point. I don't know why. <laughs> um, and it frustrated me to no end that we were doing all these things, following these rules or, or doing things a certain way, and it was so important that we did it this way. Um, but there was no reason for it. No one ever explained we do it this way because of this. Hmm. Um, that has always been my issue with religion. And I, I understand that the word religion or religious, um, isn't widely understood in the way that I understand it. So I've, you know, gone through stages of how to answer the question when someone comes up to me and asks, like, if you're a real, are you a religious person? You know, are you, are you into religion? A lot of times what they actually mean is just, you know, are you a Christian? Do you go to church or do you, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> do you love God? And so I, for, for a long time, I was so against religion that I would say, no, I'm not a religious person and just leave mm-hmm. it at that. But now I'm like, yeah, I, I know what you're asking me. I'm not going to get super nitpicky about the, <laughs> the yeah, answer. I'm not going to go through a, a whole, you know, theological reason as to why I'm not religious. But, um, but this has always just been a thing for me. And, and I think it, it really, uh, is at the core of a lot of our conversations too, is like my frustration with, with the church is often, uh, just religious reasons, like things that we're doing these things for no reason whatsoever. And they're so important for no reason whatsoever. (laughs) Mm -hmm. My idea of what a sinful person was growing up is so different from what it is now Mm -hmm. because, um, I have come to learn what's important. I'm still continuing to learn what is what is important um so the topic today that i kind of want to discuss is just like the why and i don't want to necessarily bring in a bunch of religious examples i don't want to tear apart your theology that's not my that's not my goal my goal here is just to encourage all of you to ask why ask the tough questions why is it this way why am i doing this like i was realizing the other day i was sitting with my son and you know, he wanted to pray. So like I clasp, clasp, clasps. How do you say that? Clasped, clasped my hands clasped. together. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> I, I put my hands together in that praying mm-hmm. motion or whatever. And then I realized like, what am I doing? Mm-hmm. Like, what is this? What does this mean? Why does everybody do this? I still don't know. I haven't figured it out. Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> but there's so many things like that. Even just in the way that we pray, and I, I know I've definitely like you know made fun of some people for this, but like, why do we talk to God so weird? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, why do we still talk to God like like we like why can't we just talk to Him the way we talk to each other? You know, because mm-hmm. um, I don't talk to Matt. Like, Matt, you're on tour, Matt. Uh, I'm so happy for you, brother, Matt. You're, you're like, I don't talk that way to anybody. Why do I talk yeah. that way to God? There's so many yeah. things like that. So anyway, <laughs> the, the, the basis of this conversation is just let's figure out the why. Because mm-hmm. the difference between uh, a religious, meaningless act is literally just knowing why you're doing it. That's always mm-hmm. what I feel has been um, the, the clash between Jesus and the Pharisees. You know, they were all about religious works doing things a certain way. And that's what got them into the weeds. They were so concerned about these things that just at the end of the day didn't matter. They were hmm. cutting the top of the turkey off and their dish mm-hmm. fit the whole turkey. They were just missing mm-hmm. out on turkey. And they were mm-hmm. so dead set on it. And and like and and Jesus did not get along with them. <laughs> like and here we are as Christians right. following these same steps that the Pharisees took. Um and we're supposed to be following the steps that Jesus took. We're supposed to be trying to be like Jesus. I mean, that is, the, I can't call myself a Christian 
if I'm not following Jesus, if I'm following Christianity or following religion, that doesn't help me at all. Hmm. I don't know. What are your thoughts on this, Matt? Yeah, it makes me think of um, my uh, my pastor, Bryce Taylor. Keep the main thing the main thing. Hmm. He says that a lot. Uh, he's been saying it since I became a member there. He became the pastor there the, we- <laughs> the weekend that COVID shut down the world. Can you imagine? <laughs> Can you Love imagine, it. Tim? <laughs> Come be our pastor. First weekend. Whoops. What are we going to do? Enter in opinions. Mm -hmm. Strong opinions. So um, obviously he's had to implement (laughs) that idea into his 18 months. Keep the main thing the main thing. It's Mm -hmm. all about Jesus. Um, I was just talking to my girlfriend about this yesterday. So um, her and I talk about patience a lot and um, how to be patient with with people who disagree with you and maybe have a strong stance that is one that you just can't wrap your head around. We were talking about it and we we both decided that the one thing that we can control is ourselves and mm-hmm. the one thing that we can define as a hard line in the sand is a line for ourselves. Mm-hmm. But we all know that you can't control other people and we all know right. that you can't set a line in the sand for other people to follow that they're going to follow with authenticity and because they want to follow it, you know, maybe they will because it's a law. And so what we agreed on was, um, we talked about for a while, we said, well, you can control yourself and you can have a hard line in the sand about this. You can have a strong opinion about this. As for everyone else, you have the freedom to give them space and grace and patience. It doesn't mean that you don't have a hard line in the sand for yourself. It means you do, and that person can respect that in you, and at the same time, they can respect the fact that you're giving them the opportunity to have their own stance and their own opinion. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, underneath all of that is, like, you got to keep the main thing the main thing. All of these other discussions like you're talking about religion you know when i think of religion i think of i think of politics i think of rules and regulations i think of bickering in the church i think of yeah. time wasted on things that really don't matter when that energy and and that time and those resources can be used to benefit people who actually need help mm-hmm. outside of the church um and i think that's what frustrates people about religion is like why all of these things seems so unimportant compared trivial. to yeah. the message. Yeah, trivial to the message that you're proclaiming. Mm-hmm. So um, I want to go to Matthew 22, uh, verse 34. Matthew 22, verse 34 says, But when the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees, with his reply, they met together to question him again. One of them, an expert in religious law, tried to trap him with this question. Teacher, which is the most important commandment in the law of Moses? Uh, by the way, um, this is interesting to me that they use the word trap. Because when I think of religion, I think of being headstrong and being you know, philosophical and theological and trying to dog, you know other ideologies and other, you know, ways of thinking about God that aren't superior to yours. You know, it's, it's sort mm-hmm. of like this game. And these, so these Pharisees um, are sort of playing this game, trying to trap Jesus. And his reply, verse 37, Jesus replied, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. A second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. The entire law and all the demands of the prophets are based on these two commandments. So if we're going to talk about religion, for me it's about these three or four verses in red. Mm -hmm. It's about two commandments that trump everything else. And it really goes back to our drumming topic. I believe that God's given me this as a gift to both love other people and glorify God. And we all know that you can't really love someone else 
unless you value yourself, or in other words, love yourself. I don't really believe that you can value or love yourself um, wholeheartedly, or at least the Christian idea of this is that you, you, you can't fully do that for yourself or anyone else until you realize how much God loves you, because God mm-hmm. is love. And so when Bryce, my pastor, Bryce Taylor, says, keep the main thing the main thing, it's for me, it's it's it really comes down to what is Jesus saying to those that are religious? What is he saying to those that are questioning and trapping him and trying to, you know, pull the wool over his eyes? He's making it very simple. Uh, love God and love other people. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think if we can keep that the why, if I can keep that the why, then when you're in a situation where you're losing patience for someone else and you're saying, what do I do here? The opinions are strong on COVID. The opinions are strong on politics. Yep. You can look at a verse like this and say, all right, what does it say? Yeah. Where's your love middle ground? God, <laughs> love your neighbor as yourself. Hmm. Well, loving yourself means I like my opinions, right? Um, if, 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 if you're going to love someone else just as you love yourself, you're going to have to listen to what they have to say. Mm-hmm. And like I said to you know my girlfriend yesterday it doesn't mean that you you are a doormat and that everyone has the chance to walk all over you because you're loving other people no it actually means that you have backbone and you can stand up for what you believe in and in doing so people know where you stand and you're giving other people the opportunity to establish where they stand mm-hmm. um keep the main thing the main thing yeah i love that and that's like kind of the basis, I think, of I mean, if we were going to give you advice, like how do you navigate the the current political and and uh, I guess it's it's all political these days. How do you how yeah. do you navigate the current political <laughs> yeah. spectrum? Yeah, it <laughs> is. that would be it. Like as a Christian, <laughs> as anyone really, uh, how do you navigate it with tact? Uh, mm-hmm. You know, love others the way you love yourself. You know, yeah. as a Christian, love God. <laughs> you know, it's pretty simple. I mean, that, it if, that's, if that doesn't ground you, you know, I don't know what does. Like, it's uh, it's pretty simple. Um, it's hard to do. Don't get mm-hmm. me wrong. That's very difficult. But it's pretty simple as far as what, what you know, where do you find your your, your balance? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so so I'm going to I'm going to level with you guys. I, you know, I was. I wouldn't even say church hunting because I wasn't really looking for a church. <laughs> I had come to the place where I was, you know, um, kind of okay with never stepping foot into a church. And I, I think I said this a couple weeks ago, but I've recently become more open to uh, attending a church again. Um, mm-hmm. In fact, I've actually, I actually have a chen- attended church two weeks in a row, um, which isn't like I'm not saying that as a great feat or anything. I just... Um, uh, what I what I wanted really was to find a, a place for my kids. Uh, I realized my my son was asking a lot of questions. He was he wanted to know and I couldn't answer them. And I wanted to get him in a place where he was used to, you know, hearing about this mm-hmm. every Sunday morning, um, and being with other kids who were learning about this and were talking about these things and. Um, and that was important to me. So I was looking for, you know, a church with an amazing kids program and an awesome worship and, you know, a place where I could just kind of blend in, you know, kind of just come in and I could serve and I can do the things that, you know, are important to me as a, as a person and as a Christian, but ultimately wouldn't have to stand out, you know, wouldn't really, um, you know, just something comfortable really is what I was yeah. looking for. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is like the, not that at all. <laughs> it's so funny how <laughs> God does this. Like, yeah. so I've been work. I, you know, uh, two weeks ago was actually the very first service this church ever had. Um, oh, wow. It's new. Well, actually, technically three weeks ago, but there was a major, there's major flooding with Hurricane Ida in this area, devastated um, a lot of the surrounding towns few houses exploded actually um Mm -hmm. so actually the first sunday this church decided not to meet uh for a service but actually to do church service (laughs) meet as a church and serve Mm -hmm. the community which i thought was such a cool thing yeah Uh, such a cool way to start a church so this is a church plant i I never wanted to be part of a church plant my parents used to do this Mm -hmm. uh, help start churches it's not attractive um 
Uh, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> so here I am attending a church plant uh, first Sunday. Uh, and so, so this past Sunday, um, you know, they've been kind of going through just the vision of the church for everybody who's just, you know, uh, coming in on it. And I'm just realizing so many things about myself. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, if someone were to ask me, like, what's the meaning of life? I would probably start by saying what Jesus said, you know, love God, love other people. But really, I think it's it's also to learn. I think the meaning of life is to learn. We should always be learning. The thing mm. about learning is it's is it's uncomfortable. And mm. I'm realizing more and more that I, I was looking for a church that was comfortable. But a, a comfortable church isn't going to grow you. It's mm-hmm. not going to make you change. It's not going to help you learn. Um, so, you know, the pastor is up there talking about how, like, so they, they just, out of the blue, like, sang a worship song in Spanish on Sunday. Mm. Uh, no one was ready for it. <laughs> it was like, <laughs> what is this? Um, but the pastor goes on to say, and it wasn't planned, apparently, like, they did it on the spot, but um, he's like, um, we're going to be doing all types of worship. Like, we want every single culture to be present here. We're going to do hymns one Sunday. We're going to do, you know, we love contemporary Christian music. We're going to be doing contemporary Christian music. Mm -hmm. But sometimes that song is going to be in Spanish. Right. Um, You know, sometime, uh, sometimes we're going to do uh, an Indian song (laughs) or Mm -hmm. sometimes we're going to do a straight up gospel song up here. He's like, we're not going to, we're not going to just stick to one type of worship. We're not going to stick to one type of service. Um, and I'm like thinking to myself, like my, my, like one of my complaints on, on week one was that like, they're borrowing, uh, you know, an older church from another church. They're actually sharing the space and they have pews and I'm like, ah, I hate pews. So uncomfortable. <laughs> like, why couldn't they get nice chairs? And I'm like, uh, and I'm getting convicted, uh, like last Sunday, I'm getting convicted by all of the, about all of these things. Like, like who cares right. about sitting at a pew and who cares? Like if I don't speak Spanish. Like, this is like so cool. Like I am uncomfortable Hmm. and it's awesome. Mm -hmm. Like it was actually refreshing. I told someone after the service, I was like, this is like so refreshing. Like I am, I am so uncomfortable (laughs) and I, and it's so refreshing. And Mm -hmm. I think that's something like when you're, when you're asking these tough questions, like, I think one of the questions like your why or finding your why should be like, am I learning? Am I growing? Mm-hmm. Am I uncomfortable? Am I being uh, forced outside of my bubble and out of, outside of my box? Like, if the the answer to those questions isn't yes, then you mm-hmm. should probably start wondering why those questions aren't yes and how to mm-hmm. ch- how to change that. Because, um, I mean, that's that's been this podcast. You know, it's it's not comfortable um, most of the time, anyway. <laughs> uh, you know, we're not trying to bite off topics that are that are clean cut and that we learned in Sunday school growing up. Like we're, we're talking about tough things and we're trying to explore these things and, and, and we're changing our opinions at times. (laughs) Like Mm -hmm. the podcast you're hearing today is not the podcast episode you're, you were hearing two years ago. um, Yeah. Necessarily. Right. Um, Coming from the same heart, same place, but, um, yeah, we're always learning and always growing. I mean, that's just, that's just, we're learning, we're growing, we're changing, um, we're adapting. And, um, I think what we can all agree on right now is that we're all trying to, uh, navigate life right now. There's a lot of crazy stuff that's going on. And, and how do we, how do we be a light? You know, like if, if loving people is the goal, if that is the why, how do we do that? How do we be that? Mm -hmm. And, if, if learning and growing and being a better person is what we want for ourselves, how do we do that? Mm-hmm. I think that should be the basis of the question. Mm-hmm. And all that's going to make you uncomfortable. So I think, I think that's, and it's all gonna that's make you uncomfortable. sort of a, a good litmus test. You know, how, how uncomfortable are you in your life? Now, that's, that's yeah. not the goal ultimately is to be uncomfortable, but it, it makes me think of relationships. I'm I'm happy to be in a relationship again, uh, partly because I have a partner, I have someone to do life with, but also because I know that I have someone that's going to, you know, sand some of those rough edges off. That if if I wasn't with mm-hmm. anybody else, like anyone in a relationship knows that if you're by yourself for your entire life, then you're going to create habits 
that you might not even realize you have. And there's no one to really refine you, you know, out, mm-hmm. out, I mean, outside of a, you know, if you're in a relationship with other people, maybe you're friends with people that are doing that. But certainly in a marriage, you have that option of like being transparent and vulnerable to someone else. And I, I'm dating, I'm, I'm not at that point, but I, but I, but I like that aspect of my relationship that I know it's not just me going at this alone. Um, mm-hmm. if, if I'm looking for growth, growth means discomfort. Uh, the Bible's clear mm-hmm. about this, you know? And, um, I think that we can be excited about, about that because it means you're Absolutely. going from where you are to a better place. And in that mm-hmm. process is that discomfort, you know, in that growth is that pain. Like, I don't really like this all that much. But where you'll end up is yeah. is is a better place than where you are. Um, mm-hmm. So I I think that that's a good a really good way to wrap this. Um, it's pretty it's a pretty universal um, idea that we can apply to our lives. But as we dial it yeah. in and pull it back into Christianity, what the Bible's clear about is that it means love God and love others just as you love yourself. I think that we can right. certainly all use that. Um, especially in, in this day and age. So I have to um, head to sound check. So let's um, wrap this up. This is, the, this is Back Lounge Tour Bus Matt's so nice Own to hear Tour you say that edition. Again. Man, oh, man. <laughs> I have to go sound check. Instead of, up, like, sound check. instead of like, I got to go, you know, <laughs> eat lunch. It's like, nope, I got to go sound check. Yeah. <laughs> I got to go harvest some corn. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's right. That's also beautiful. <laughs> yeah, that's beautiful. <laughs> yeah, well, thank you all for, for tracking with us, if you have, if you haven't shut it off already. Um, thank you for listening. Uh, <laughs> um, Want to do some quick shout-outs to um, our inner circle. And for those of you that don't know, our inner circle is uh, just a, a group of incredible people uh, that are backing us up. Um, we don't make money uh, as this podcast. We don't do ads. Um Although if I can get a free scooter, we might start. Um, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, but uh, these people back us up uh, financially and also um, spiritually, and uh, they're they're a great group of friends. Uh, they continue the conversation past the the episodes, and um, uh, we're just so fortunate to have them in our lives and 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 behind us. So, if you're interested in, in finding out more about that, I know that was pretty. Uh, vague. Um, you can check out patreon.com slash holyghostnotes. Um, you'll see a number of different tiers um, with different incentives and uh, each one of them will get you into our inner circle um, to be part of the conversation and and, um, and see what it's all about. But uh, some new members. Uh, shout out to Jordan Boyd, David Graybeal, Jonathan Rush, and Nate McKines. Nice. Welcome, guys. Thank you guys for, uh, for being a part of the Inner Circle. Welcome. Uh, thank you for your support. And um, looking forward to getting to know you. Absolutely. So that's Alrighty. about it. Matt's got to go to Soundcheck. If you guys have questions or want to, uh, yeah, talk more about what we talked about today, hit us up, Matt and Tim at theholyghostnotes.com. And uh, we will uh, see you next time. Sounds good. Thanks a lot, Tim. This is good. Good to be back. Yeah. Thank you. It is indeed. We'll be seeing you. Peace.